Welcome to the Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon. What is up, everyone? Hurricane Liz here, back for another season of the Professor's Podcast. And I, for one, am really hyped up. I mean, we're still amid the whole pandemic thing. We're still not really on lockdown. They've been kind of letting us out of the cage here in Miami. So I've gotten a little bit crazy. As most of you notice, I've gotten a couple shades darker. It's like 50 shades of Liz because I'm a whole different color now. But uh, Howie, how do you feel? How is the pandemic on your end? I know you're still, you're still stuck in Hong Kong. I haven't even asked you that lately. So, um, yeah, I'm still in Hong Kong. I've been here for like six months now. Uh, I've been here so long that I started a company in Hong Kong now. And uh, and also um, right here, it's kind of like they're getting about like 12 cases of Corona each day, between 10 to 20 a a day. Right. That's crazy. I I know that in Miami, I kind of lost track of how many cases. I know that's kind of irresponsible. But at the same time, there's been a lot of people saying that they're messing with the results and stuff like that. So I try not to let it get in the way of my daily life, but I will say this much. The part of my life that it has gotten in the way is educating myself, getting out there and learning more about Amazon. As you guys know, Howie and I pretty much cover the entire globe. Howie himself jet sets. If you haven't seen one of his vlogs, take a look at that, but he's been sitting tight for quite a while. So he's kind of getting a little stir crazy, ready to get out there. But Amidst this pandemic, it's kind of difficult. And that's why one of the reasons that we came up with the Professor's Pandemic Live Virtual Events that we're about to have again in November. Now, Howie, the last one was a raging success. People were up in arms talking about how much fun they had, how much they learned. And the other thing, which is surprising, we had a very different way of approaching the intimacy part of it and the networking part where we had a very special, special sauce that people got to interact one-on-one and meet other people, make new friends and all that good stuff. You want to talk about why you feel that it was such a huge success and what people have to look forward to in November? Well, I feel like a lot of people um, are kind of more like very isolated right now on days, uh, so less events and stuff. So we want to make it fun. We want to make it like a little different than any other pod, uh, you know, like a virtual uh, summit or something. We want to make it so that people could interact more. So we kind of had like uh, uh, like groups and we had your own little sessions and rooms and then people were jumping back and forth so that they could kind of like get get um, get accustomed to uh, going back into like a um, uh, social environment somewhat like. So we win prizes through these kind of social uh, interactions and stuff like that. So we thought it was pretty cool. Absolutely. It was great. I learned myself, learned so much. I took a lot of value for that. I heard from $50 million sellers all the way on to $1 million sellers that taught me a heck of a lot. They taught me a lot about giveaways, about ranking on Amazon. They were doing all sorts of crazy tactics, Howie, that I've never heard of. Things beyond chatbots. Like we are in a generation where chatbots are somewhat being overused. I've heard of a lot of friends that have gotten four to five different actual emails from Amazon warning them about their chatbot usage and warning them of suspensions looming. And so I'm kind of excited to hear from this gentleman that we have on today as a guest. He might be able to enlighten us on some of the things that Amazon pretty much brute forces us with. But Howie, the last one, there was a lot of tactics talked about that are the next generation of chatbots or what to do instead of chatbots. You want to kind of touch on that a little bit without giving away too much because I know that Uh, during this next one there's probably going to be a lot of knowledge bombs dropped so um last one we were talking about a lot of external traffic uh things that um I think Anthony Anthony uh, Lee was talking about we had like uh, Norm we had like a bunch of people are talking about the next in 2020 what's the next thing you know so um so it's not all there. There is chatbot, and but we, we kind of want to go towards the a new kind of um, um, age of uh, Amazon selling using different techniques. So we just, just kind of published a new article on um, on our blog, which is regarding Google ranking, using Google ranking to increase your ranking on Amazon. If you guys haven't heard of it uh, or seen her uh, read it, uh, go onto our website and check it out. 
at signalytics.ai for that one. Amazing, yeah. And our guest today is going to touch on a little bit about the legal side of Amazon, which I know a lot of us have gotten tangled up with. We've heard of people in the actual mastermind get trapped with millions of dollars in their account. We've heard of people get trapped with several thousand dollars in account. I personally have a lot of money tied up in accounts, so I've gotten tangled up with Amazon. And I'm sure there's a lot of other instances where people have gotten tangled up with Amazon. So he's an expert at helping you untangle that or kind of having a voice back, right? Because Amazon is like that giant elephant in the room and they constantly bully us around. Howie, I know you've been bullied a lot by Amazon. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you actually handpicked this gentleman and you thought what he had to say was so fascinating that you had to have him as a speaker? Well, um, I met Paul, like I believe like a year or two years ago, I believe in uh, New York. We were at uh, one of the uh, event that I was uh, speaking at. And then I, uh, from there, I've heard, been hearing him uh, uh, from places here and there talking about uh, how to protect you, yourself from what um, Amazon does. So um, I think, um, you know, I travel around the world all the time and I want to always look around for people that I would think that would add value to our community. And um, so I just uh, thought that was a great idea because I, I wanted to hear what uh, Paul has to say as well. So that's why I want to pick Paul to come up with our, to come up to our podcast right here, as well as our mastermind as well. Right, absolutely. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce this gentleman here. And I will say this much, Paul, I have been known, now I've become known as, instead of Hurricane Liz, the butcher of Amazon, because I always tend to butcher <laughs> speakers' names. But correct me if I'm wrong, it's Paul Raffleson. Is that correct? You would be partially correct, because I've sort of adopted that as my name, I've, but since I was a kid. So it is technically Raffleson, but everybody calls me Raffleson Paul since Raffleson. I was a kid. And, and so the butcher I'm strikes, good. Paul. I'm good with either. I, 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 you wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call that a butchering. You know, Raphael Sin might have been a butcher, but I think that, that's, that's, you know, a minor nick, but nothing, nothing major. You know? Amazing. Now, at least I learned how to pronounce that right. But like I said, Paul, I warned you ahead of time. That's why they call me the butcher. Uh, but let's, let's first talk about you and kind of some of your background, Paul. And the way that sure. I really like to tell people is pretend you're on an elevator ride with Howie and you have two minutes to pitch yourself to him as to why you are the man when it comes to untangling ourselves with Amazon. Sure. Oof. No pressure, right? Okay. Elevator pitches are tough. Uh, so here's the deal. You know, I got into this whole thing sort of by accident, right? I never intended to be a lawyer in private practice, uh, any of those things. I spent most of my life in corporate law working. Um, I worked at Microsoft. I worked for Walmart corporate and I worked for General Electric big corporations doing predominantly tax and corporate law and litigation. And, um, but I was an Amazon seller. I was an Amazon seller in law school, you know, 15 years ago before there was FBA, I was doing arbitrage. Um, uh, my wife worked for seller performance back in back when they weren't even called seller performance back then they were called some, I forget what the TRMS or something like that. Um, you know, so I happen to know a lot about Amazon and there was an issue that, that hit with uh, back taxes and sellers being told they owe their life savings to Amazon, to California and other states. And just sort of what started with a blog post brought me into this world as a lawyer serving Amazon sellers and, and quickly realizing that, you know, it's not just taxes. There's just tons of issues here that we need to address to get, you know, sellers some basically leveling of the playing field. So, um, so I've sort of taken the experience I've had in sort of big corporate uh, world working for some of the largest companies in the world and just sort of, you know, streamlining it and building a law practice uh, around helping small businesses and, and adapting to that. And I think, you know, my partner, Jeff Schick, and I have done a great job of, of uh, doing that. Now, the additional thing that I do in, in addition to having a law practice is I, I'm trying to get Amazon sellers, small businesses to understand something that the big corporations have known for years, that when you want to change society, when you're trying to change things, right? When you're trying to change the way things work on Amazon, it can be done, but it's got to be done as a collective effort. So, you know, there's all these sort of, there's this tribalism on Amazon. I'm a member of this group. I'm a member of that group. And that's fine. But what I've been trying to do is I create an organization called the Online Merchants Guild. And I volunteer my time to help run the efforts of that group. And that group is a trade association. It's uh, applying for nonprofit status. But what it is, is basically saying, hey, 
we may all be competitors on some front, but there's certain issues where we all have a common interest here, like making Amazon more fair, right? We should pool our resources together and form an organization and that can actually fight and advocate for us. So somebody mentioned earlier arbitration, right? I, there's an appetite in Congress to to fix arbitration, right? There's an absolute appetite, but there's nobody's hearing from us. Nobody in Congress understands who we are as a class of sellers. They're starting to see it. We saw it with the testimony, but we really haven't done a great job of putting ourselves out there. So what ends up happening is who leads the dialogue on how e-commerce law and policy has changed? Amazon, eBay, these companies who have an interest in maintaining the status quo, arbitration, so that they can continually and perpetually screw us over, for lack of a better word. So I advocate on two fronts. So I have my, my law practice, which is geared towards Amazon sellers and focusing on the e-commerce community. But I also really have this strong passion project that I believe is so important where sellers need to get together and we need to start have, building a lobbying presence, a full-time lobbying presence in Washington and really start changing things so that, you know, Amazon will, we can put ourselves on even keel with Amazon, which is very much possible. We're voters, right? There's hundreds of thousands, how much, 800, a million, I forget what Amazon's last counted just in the US. That's a lot of voters. I mean, I'm not saying we can get all of them, but you get a lot of influential small business owners together, you're going to get Congress to listen. It's going to be more powerful than what Amazon has to say in many ways, right? So we need to really focus on, on getting together. And that's, 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 that's the key way we fight back. So that, that's my pitch, yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's really great. I, I actually enjoy the, the thought of trying to gather together as opposed, like you said, the tribalism that there is on Amazon. Very just much a, so. And, uh, I'm sorry. So just, just that I think a lot of people are worried and scared about doing that tribalism or trying to confront Amazon is because Amazon might get come back to them. Amazon is known to be like, uh, kind of somewhat like uh like retaliatory retaliating retaliating yeah. to sellers or at least at least if you're like one or two sellers and but if you maybe in a group of clan of sellers and that would be a different story because that's going to be a wall street journal thing you know? well that's what online merchant skill does so we you know we we rely on the support of our members and all that money goes to fund lobbying. Like we, you know, we lobbied for some law changes in California regarding, you know, the 72 hour rule came out of something we did, right? The 72 hour suspension notice came out of a rule that, because we were advocating for more fairness on Amazon as a starting point. We really need that to be a federal law and we really need to, to, to push for more fairness. Um, but the beauty of having an organization is that we don't have to say who's the members, right? It's online merchant skilled, it's the organization right, that represents X number of sellers. We don't actually have to disclose who you are individually. And I will say that I, I do get that a lot. People are afraid of Amazon's retaliation. I do think to some extent though, that is going to be limited. If you look at what's going on in Congress right now, Amazon's under such scrutiny. I don't think that they really, I mean, I think it's gonna become obvious. If, you know, all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's you know, a couple thousand sellers working together and all of a sudden they're all facing you know, detrimental action by Amazon, it's going to get noticed, right? That's, that's going to be a big problem. And, and I don't think Amazon, even Amazon is um, that stupid, for lack of a better word, to actually do that. But I understand the fear and I certainly get it. But like we always say, it's like we don't tell people who our members are. We don't bring it out to public play. Uh, when we act on behalf of uh, the community, we act as, as an organization. So they're not, they're not necessarily knowing that, you know, this person or that person is, is part of this or, or whatnot. And, and we've had some really great success. You know, we challenged the price gouging efforts. Um, a lot of state governments were going after our clients for price gouging. We proved that that was illegal. We proved that that was unconstitutional. You cannot go after an Amazon seller for price gouging on Amazon because of the nature of how Amazon works. It violates, it, it violates our U.S. constitutional law. And we proved that. We won a court case in federal court in Kentucky. We're going to appeal it to the, well, the state of Kentucky is appealing it to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is, which is what we want. We want it to have broader applicability. But, you know, we saw the law as obvious. And these are things that we can do. We've got another case in the works. But we should be out there lobbying and really, you know, sending a message to Congress, there's an appetite, like I said, to get rid of arbitration or to tone it, dial it back um, so that we can really get rid of this arbitration problem um, that, that's, a, that's allowing Amazon to basically just walk all over us. And, that, and that's the biggest issue. 
Oh, um, you know, like uh, I just saw like an article like saying that even Amazon are doing privacy gouging during the pandemic times and stuff like that. And uh, do you do you see like I've always feel like uh, you know whatever Amazon does, they always try to push it for to the sellers. All the responsibilities would go to the sellers and never them. I wrote a letter. I'll write, I can share it with you. I wrote a letter to the attorney generals talking exactly about that. I call and said, they keep scapegoating us, right? When the pandemic was first happening, I mean, it was Amazon that was recommending prices of, of, of masks and, and saying, you know, you could sell this Purell for seven bucks. Like, we're relying on Amazon's data. They're automatic repricers, right? Their statistical data that you can get from apps like Keepa to tell us what the pricing is to, to guess. And, and so we kind of pushed back on the attorney general and said, look, this is really Amazon at the end of the day. They told us this is what it is. And they were in the best position. You know, if, if $10 for an eight ounce bottle of Purell shipped to somebody's house is price gouging, then really Amazon is in the best position to actually not allow that to happen as opposed to allowing it to happen and then blaming the sellers for allowing it, even though they're sort of encouraging it and playing a major part in this. Right. And, and, you know, that was the message we sent. And then we talked about this in other examples, right? Amazon, you know, their whole business model in a way is based on scapegoating sellers, right? Everything we can, everything that a normal retail store wouldn't do, they get away with because they blame the seller and not themselves. But the law is changing and that's, that's coming to an end, like with a product liability. So if somebody gets injured on a product sold by a third party seller, right? Amazon will always say, that's not our fault. We're not a store, but under US laws, stores are liable even if the store isn't technically at fault, stores are, are liable for the damage because they're usually the easiest to access. There was a case in California right now where the, the, the Court of Appeals just found Amazon liable for injury caused by a third-party product. So we're seeing the law starting to catch up with Amazon's sort of racket of, okay, it's not our fault and we'll just blame somebody else. And so, you know, it allows them to sell, you know, goods that are, you know, counterfeits, for example. I mean, the biggest problem with counterfeits is that Amazon doesn't police it in the right way because they try to say we're not accountable for counterfeits. Whereas a traditional store like Best Buy or Walmart would be in their physical store. And that I think is starting to change. So we're starting to see that, but you're absolutely right. That is Amazon's model is to say, never our fault, always the seller's fault. But you know, that's sort of like Napster saying it wasn't our fault that people were sharing music on our website, right? It's not a really great defense, but it's worked for them so far, but I think the world is changing. So well, um, maybe uh, uh, we did go to talk about this topic about um, um, we just want to really know like what 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 would you consider yourself the foremost expert on uh, regarding Amazon like what's the domain expertise? That's a good question. So I think my expertise is more the external. I have a partner in my firm who handles the internal. I have a partner in my firm who uh, he's the Schick in my law firm. You know, he's I'm Raffles and Schick. And, and he is a seven-figure Amazon seller. He's much more alive. So he's kind of very much handling the internal of how to deal with Amazon. Um, my expertise is sort of the external. What are the external risks out there, right? Where are you going to get hurt? Where are you going to get, you know, in trouble? Um, and, and what are external threats? Um, so is that, you know, could be a Prop 65 violation in California. could be price gouging. could be... Um, somebody accusing you of, of counterfeit and, and freezing your assets on Amazon and seeking to freeze your funds. Um, it's just whatever the flavor of the day is in terms of, of what, what Amazon is doing. My focus is always on the external risks and, and the legal, the legality issues. Right. Um, the other things we do, it's like, I mean, just, we try to kind of help sellers also grow up a little bit. Um, I find that a lot of sellers start their business when they're young or, or kind of naive about business. They don't know if this is real you know, they form a LLC on the internet and, you know, that's how they're going about their life. And now all of a sudden they've got these really valuable assets. They've got valuable intellectual property. They've got a thriving business and um, we help them kind of, okay, you've got to adapt. Like you can't rely on that old LLC and be protected from external threats. It work that way. They don't really work. And then the other thing I've been really busy with lately is helping sellers sell their businesses. We've been um, actively representing, uh, this has been the busiest year by far the pandemic for us helping sellers sell their business. You know, there's just been a lot of interest in buying from companies like, um, you know, Thrasio and, and a lot of sort of competitor companies that kind of do the same thing. 
we've been just constantly bombarded with people who are selling their businesses and just kind of helping people understand there's risk there too and and working them working them through that so um and then like i said my partner jeff who handles everything on the amazon platform so suspensions any type of amazon suspension or freezing of assets or holding back of inventory jeff handles those and we actually launched a new program called seller basics to actually streamline and help sellers handle the cost of that because we saw you know some some consultants were charging you know five thousand dollars for you know account suspensions and we just thought you know it's really not that mess it's really not necessary so we actually launched a whole new program that's designed to give sellers access to uh a lot of these um to get the help they need when they need it to have an opportunity to talk to a lawyer before they make big decisions or as things come up and it's very cheap and affordable it's like a 99 dollars a month program and one of the cool things is if your account gets suspended after a year of membership, we don't even charge you for those suspensions anymore because we, we just sort of, you know, it's not insurance, but we sort of, you know, look at the risk profile and say, you know, we're really confident, like we can do this uh, efficiently. And so after a year of membership, instead of, you know, when your account gets suspended, instead of like frantically calling, you know, every account suspension person out there and trying to figure out what to do, you know, and, and sometimes in your most vulnerable state, getting getting told you have to fork over thousands and thousands of dollars, which we saw during the price gouging pandemic, you know, when all these people get suspended, you know, you have this program in place where we're already ready to go and we're set to go. And uh, it's included in, in the membership after a year. Um, prior. So it, it's a really cool program. So. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool, Jeff, for sure. I know that certainly would have helped me, especially when I was a newer seller. Uh, but you you already talked about a lot of great topics, a lot of things that I found extremely useful that I wasn't even aware happening. Like I had, I, even though I was actually got some warnings for price gouging on some of my actual drop shipping stores during the whole pandemic thing, I wasn't victim to getting suspended, but I did have friends who had $60,000 plus locked up in their account as a result of some of those price gouging. So a lot of the things that you already touched upon kind of really hit, hit home with me. But my question to you is, although you already talked about all that great stuff, what three to five topics could you talk about at this next pandemic event that you feel would really wow people or that would potentially be life-changing in their business? Yeah, I think the issues we see, and, and, and again, we're not a, you know, we're a law firm. So we're not, you know, we're not a strategic in, in the sense of we're not going to tell you how to be, make more money on Amazon, right? We're, we're trying to teach you how to protect yourself, right? When you have, when you get to a point, when you're a big boy seller, or a big girl seller, right? Um, you, it's a very different way of running your business. And we see that that's the biggest failure. So what we try to teach people to do is how to be proactive in protecting your business, right? So what are some asset protection strategies? What are some um, ways to protect yourself from the external threats that are out there now? And that's always changing. Like what I might be talking about today is not necessarily what I might be talking about by the time uh, the event comes up because there could be the new issue, right? Like price gouging was not something we ever talked about until March of 2020. And then, you know, here we are going to court and winning cases and, you know, fighting off government AG. So, you know, our goal is to sort of teach people how to think about your business on Amazon, how to protect yourself, how to structure yourself advantageously, um, how to prepare for selling your business. I mean, we can talk about, you know, all the things that, that I think people are looking for, right? I mean, it's like, you want to make sure your assets are protected. You want to make sure that you're you, you know, people are going to go after your house if something goes wrong on Amazon. We're seeing an uptick in indemnification issues with Amazon. Um, people getting told that they owe money because, or, or that they owe money because Amazon's getting sued related to a product that they sold. Even in arbitrage, we've seen this. Um, how to prevent, you know, California from coming after you for government, uh, for, for the environmental violations. How to make sure your product complies with U.S. law. Um, patent infringement, trademark infringement. I mean, it's, it's stuff... It's kind of, it's kind of, it's not sexy. It's not, it's not the most fun. It's not going to make you money, but the idea is we're trying to prevent you from losing money, right? That's our goal. So our goal is like, you're a serious seller now. How should you be structured, right? You know, should you have a foreign entity? You know, sometimes it's, I, I tell people like, it's sad, but sometimes, you know, maybe you should consider having a foreign entity in the mix uh, in order to prevent being, you know, government scrutiny, even though you're here in the US, you know, there's ways you can structure yourself 
uh, to do that? Um, or just how should you be structured uh, for U.S. purposes, you know, to protect yourself from those liabilities? Um, what's the latest on trademark and, uh, and counterfeit infringement tactics on Amazon? What's going on? And, you know, um, you know, just sort of strange legal issues that pop up. So whatever the flavor of the day is. And then obviously, like I said, I think I think what most sellers want to hear from me lately is, is really a discussion about how to sell out, like how to sell your business. Like what's, what does the exit look like for those who haven't been through the process, right? You know, that's what they're in this for, right? They want to, and then what do you do when you exit? You know, what are the tax implications? What are some of the tax strategies? What should you consider? Um, you know, so I think, you know, like I said, it's not going to be the most interesting, you know, and that's always the case with lawyers. Like we're, we're just, I'm not here to tell you like what's, what what's the what's the way you're going to make your next million we're just going to tell you you know here are the things you should do and should not do um to protect yourself if you're a serious seller right like i mean it's just and i think that that is the problem you know it's just people don't really take this stuff seriously which is fine if you're if you're if you're just starting out you're making twenty thousand dollars a year in sales on amazon you're not going to go and do some of the stuff we're talking about but you know, if you're making $5 million a year selling hoverboards, like there's a lot of stuff you need to do. And I don't think our clients and our potential clients in the community at large really understands that the asset protection problem, um, where they're putting everything at risk and the ways that they can mitigate that risk. So I'd probably say that's probably that along with, you know, the exit strategy, you know, what is an exit like these days from a legal perspective, what do you have to worry about? You know, can they claw back what they pay you, right? What risks are you taking, right? Those are the topics I think that we probably offer. And then I would defer to my partner, Jeff, and I would invite you to reach out to my partner, Jeff, and have a conversation with him and have him talk to you about the latest going, you know, so like I said, he handles the internal, dealing with Amazon. And then finally, I would say, you know, I just really want to get a group of serious sellers together to really amplify the online merchant skill effort, to really put the money down I don't take a dime from anything Online Merchants Guild does. I like these issues. These are state-of-the-art issues. I have no problem volunteering my time. I have a law practice. It's and it's going great. We're happy. I don't. I'm happy to take on these global Amazon problem issues for the community. Um, it, I, you know, I absolutely love them. I'm a law professor too. I'm a law professor. I'm a professor too. I'm, I'm a law professor. I, these cases are are absolutely state-of-the-art. But we do need to raise money. And I think that is so important. I really want to get a group of sellers on the board of Online Merchants Guild who really take this seriously and really understand the value of putting putting a lobbying presence in Congress that represents our interests and only our interests, right? Um, and, I, I, you know, a good lobbying presence might be $20,000 a month, which is not a lot of money, right? But it's hard to get the right sellers in the mindset that we need to do this. And get the law changed, right? Let's get this arbitration provision gone, right? Let's get this arbitration taken out. Let's get a seller's bill of rights in Congress, right? Something that we started in California and we're successful with. Let's make a better version, an e-commerce seller's bill of rights. There's appetite for this. You know, they're all scrutinizing Jeff Bezos and Amazon over their treatment of sellers. The whole world is. We are in the best position right now to strike but we need to build a professional lobbying presence. And in order to do that, we need some serious sellers to back that and, and understand why we need to do that. Yeah, I, um, I do agree. We have to stand up for, you know, protect ourselves against Amazon. If we're like just one person or a set of, you know, a couple people, Amazon can just crush you out of trying to like uh, bully you guys. But if we are all together, we would be able to, you know, unite have more of a word and it, it's a lot more powerful. Um, you were just uh, talking about like hoverboards. I, I think I talked to you about the last, uh, that I also did hoverboards back in the 2015, 2016, oh, yeah. that I um, actually um, went to court. Well, we went, we were, we did the ITC thing, the battle. So um, right, it, was me, yeah. it, it was our, uh, me and like, we were talking about um, like Alibaba, Newegs. Uh, we got like uh, all these big uh, time um, seller. Plus, uh, we were all fighting against um, at the ITC and trying to um, keep on selling our products, as well as some unfairness where um, they're just trying to bully. People are bullying you through laws and courts and stuff, so that you would back off from selling things, so that they can actually uh, be making profit off, of it, even though if they're not correct correctly um it's not their 
their like laws or it's not their um, licenses or whatnot. So um, yeah, I just I, ITC is by the way is is something that I I'm not I don't think that many people understand what ITC is and like kind of it, it's sort of like the cheapest and fastest way to get people from block people from selling your products in the U.S. Right? So it's a way you can you know if somebody's violating your patent or your trademark rather than going to court and having it you know, a formal court and going through a multi-year process, you can go through ITC and get a very similar ruling. You can't get damages from ITC, but you can basically block them from bringing, you can block the product from being imported. And that's the key. And so your product is now kept out. So um, I, I think it's a matter of time before we start seeing more ITC cases, more companies starting to leverage ITC to protect their IP or falsely claim that they have IP rights that they really don't because yeah I, I uh, like like a lot of sellers now need to know their rights that's why I have you on actually so people are actually doing these ITC claims saying that hey this is my license and stuff so if you want to go to court then you then to just be able to sell this item then uh, do so but I'm not gonna let you import anymore you know unless you yeah go through ITC with me so that's one of the things that people are blocking uh, other people from importing goods to be able to sell on Amazon, as well as there's a lot of fake, uh, fake um, I, IP uh, claims on uh, sellers. So we got to know. Um, oh, we're how, inundated with those. Yeah, inundated with those all day long. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you got to know how to protect yourself, how, what to go through, because you're going to be sitting around and being uh, like, uh, don't know what to do, and then oh, I got I got an IP claim on me, and uh, it's on there. Oh, I'm ignoring it. Yes, but then and later on, you get more and more of it. You get your account suspended because of so, these IP. Yeah. So what we have is some funny things. Our seller basics program, the ninety nine dollar a month platform. One of the things we recognize a lot of our arbitrage sellers, especially, get these fake IP claims. Like they get inundated because these brands are trying to say you can't sell our product, even though it's legal, it's legit. You know, I bought it at Walmart. I'm selling it in. On and you know, company like you know the North Face will say, "Oh, you can't sell this," you know, even though it's legitimate. And they'll, you know, I'm not saying the North Face will do this, but some companies will file false counterfeit, false uh, infringement. And we actually, our service, it's $149 per complaint, not per ASIN, but for you know, complaint ID on Amazon. And we will go after the brand. We will, we will, you know, seek a retraction using our sort of you know law firm approach to you know, advocating for clients. And if we can't get that, we'll go to Amazon. We'll do everything we can to get retractions um, for you. And it's a flat $149 fee. And it speaks to the technology. You know, this used to be a very expensive proposition. We've, we've made this efficient. So again, it's one of the seller basics. It's become such a problem. And we realize like we can't charge people much more than, than that for every IP complaint because like an arbitrage seller, if they had to spend a thousand or $2,000 or some, some of these consultants charge, for you know, addressing them, and a lot of them aren't even lawyers. They're trying to, you know, challenge a, a you know in-house lawyer or outside lawyer's position. Um, they would never afford it. So we've created this very affordable version of, of how to address IP complaints. Because you're right, if you left unchecked, they can result in a suspension, which is what you don't want. So we do. We 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 have my my partner Jeff leads that practice. We actively go after brands. One of the things we see the most that's so obnoxious is when somebody claims counterfeit because they're selling an inauthentic, not inauthentic in the sense of not real, like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say inauthentic, unauthorized, excuse me, I mixed my words. They're selling an unauthorized version of the product, which is not counterfeit, right? I mean, just because I bought the product at Walmart and I'm reselling it, so I'm not an authorized dealer, doesn't mean it's counterfeit. So they're, they're already claiming, basically, they're already accusing me of a crime. So, so we have ways to push back, alleging that the companies, when they file false counterfeit, have uh, committed tortious interference, that they've committed libel per se, because they literally told Amazon I'm committing a crime. Like you're saying, I'm basically making these things in my basement that's saying I'm a criminal. So there are ways to push back on those things. We've actually really um, done a great job. I'm really proud of what we've done through Seller Basics to really streamline that so that sellers can get some help. But the bigger picture needs to be addressed, like how this, um, there's still questions in the law that need to be addressed. The first sale doctrine versus, um, uh, uh, the right to quality control and all those things. And then obviously, like I said, just people using when it's not uh, products that are arbitrage or wholesale, there's the 
just the question of people trying to use those types of complaints to knock you off, even though they don't have a basis for it, like falsely claiming trademark or patent infringement or design. Uh, infringement. I think I think that would, the stuff that you're really talking about. Uh, uh, hopefully, there's some really good stuff that uh, that you can uh, talk to for during the mastermind on that. But um, I just want to also, uh, since those are some of the problems you see right now, is there any other problems that you see that is very unique that is uh, coming up right nowadays besides the stuff that you just said, talked about? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to defer. What I would suggest, I would suggest you invite my partner, Jeff, on too, and have him talk because he does the, he handles the internal Amazon. So he's got his finger on the pulse of like, what are they dealing with on Amazon? But I mean, from what I'm seeing right now, it's mostly, um, we're just seeing more obscure ways of, um, like we're seeing a couple of things. Like I'm seeing a lot of indemnity issues. Like, like I said, Amazon coming after sellers for indemnity. So like, meaning like somebody's suing Amazon because the product hurt them or threatened to sue. Amazon reaches out, wants to know that they're going to pay that according to the BSA, they want Amazon. They want to make sure that you're responsible. So they want to know that you have insurance and they want to know that you have this and that you're responsible for whatever damages Amazon could be potentially held to. Um, we're seeing um, more and more of these, I've seen some quirky claims. I've seen competitors, competitors using more deceptive practices act claims, like trying to like um, say your product is, you know, your, your, your descriptions are, are misleading or, you know, you're, you're uh, you know, you're saying this is, um, you know, you know, a heavier version of that, but is it real? You know, there's a lot of like um, competitors using like we call it deceptive practicing, basically like saying false advertising that, you know, things you're saying in your, your listing aren't entirely true, which isn't really that, that big a deal, except we're starting to see it more nitpicky in a way that like, it almost seems ridiculous. And then they'll, they'll send Amazon some letter saying that, the, you know, this is a violation of the deceptive practices act or something and raises all sorts of issues. So we're seeing like, you know, things that like, like it's one thing if you're selling, um, like if you say I'm selling, you know, 200 milligrams of uh, vitamin A and, and really it's 100 milligrams, like that's, that's obvious. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about really nitpicky, kind of questionable uh, claims by competitors who are just trying to get people knocked off. Um, it's just, it's still very threatening out there, you know, um, trying to think what else um, is going on. I mean, it's just uh, um, more and more patent and, and trademark disputes. And we're seeing, like I said, people getting their, um, people uh, getting their, their funds seized uh, based on, you know, trademark getting court orders and default judgments against people um, and, and trying to, um, this is happening more with our foreign sellers, uh, clients, you know, people in other countries who really can't respond to a court uh, complaint and then, you know, basically getting uh, their assets seized. So whatever Amazon has on account, you know, whatever's, whatever Amazon's holding, Amazon will, will freeze those assets and eventually take them as, as, as sort of damages. Um, Liz, um, so is there a way that we can have like uh, two people on StreamYard uh, at the same time uh, during the event? Yeah, well, we'll have a, we can have them pre-record that way. There's no interference with the, in case the internet goes down or something like that. That's very possible. Okay. Uh, actually, um, if you can have them um, uh, come on, uh, that would be great because then we could have uh, both sides of the, of the spectrum so that uh, our uh, yeah, I think Jeff members will go and ask as much questions and that they'll have all the, uh, the answers from you guys. On that yeah um, or, I can I, have, or i can have uh jeff b with me in the room like i can have him he's in boynton he's not far from you liz if you ever want to oh. meet with him i'm sure he'd love to he's a very he's a social guy I'm sure, you know we um do you know carlos out in miami liz uh, I, i've heard of carlos but i've never had the chance of meeting him oh uh, you should well i guess i don't know if there are meetups he's a great guy he's I, he used to run a meetup right in doral um not too far from you so um but uh, what I was going to say is, yeah, we could either be in the same room and just be on camera or however you want to do it. But I think, I think you would offer a lot of that insight. And, and certainly whatever we talk about today, that may not be the, like I said, Amazon's always changing. So whatever the flavor is by November could be totally different. So, you know, we're going to have whatever's the latest at that time. You know, of course. The most egregious uh, things we're seeing. Do you, uh, I want to ask some, uh, my, uh, one of the questions uh I have are uh, do you see any big opportunities right now in 2020 for Amazon sellers? Um, I mean, I think right now, God, e-commerce is just insanely hot right now. So, I mean, I do think there's an opportunity to sell. 
your business and the opportunity to grow your brands. And there's considerations there, but my God, institutional money is being poured in to these funds. Like Thrasio is obviously the biggest, but there's a lot of like Thrasio type companies out there that you've never heard of that are just dying to buy brands up right now because COVID has just, you know, created this notion that, you know, uh, there's unlimited upside potential in e-commerce. So, you know, it tells you a couple of things. One, your brand may be more valuable than you think it is. So, you know, if you can get the capital to invest in growing it, because that's what these companies are going to do, right? They're going to buy your company at three to three and a half earnings, you know, and, and then they're going to invest a ton of money into it, a ton of PPC and, and uh, scale up your inventory and they're going to sell like crazy. Now, obviously there's economies of scale when you're a large company running multiple brands under an umbrella, but it just tells you, I mean, that that's a huge opportunity right now. So, you know, you know expanding your, your product offerings, more SKUs is, is good. Um, it just seems like there's opportunity if you, if you're good at launching. I do think that one of the issues you guys mentioned at the beginning about like chat bots, that is a big problem right now. Like I've spoken to the FTC on that issue, right? This whole incentivized review problem is real. Like their government, the reason why Amazon is so harsh on this right now is because the government is pushing them, right? The government is saying to them, you're allowing this to happen on your site. You gotta do something about it. So how how we launch products is going to be interesting in the future. I don't know how it's going to work. You know, it's gonna be harder, I have a feeling. But, um, I, I do have something to say, like, uh, um, I think there was something that I read regarding um, incentivized reviews is you shouldn't be able to be uh, uh, able to do the review side, but a lot of people is doing the rating side now. So now we could do rate, rating, right, without putting any context and text in there and stuff. The, the rating will increase the review count a lot. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I wonder... I, I do wonder where the government is going on this because I also think there's a question about like the way the chat box work where they want you to organically search in the search bar so as to increase um, the product's placement in the search results and, 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 and its velocity, organic velocity. I, I think the government is starting to wise up to that being an issue. Um, so, you know, how they're gonna tackle it, it's, I don't know, but I think they're, they're looking at Amazon more and more about, um, you know, how people launch. I, and I do worry about that. Like, I really think that there's a problem because at the same time, it's like, how do you launch? I mean, it's a sea of, it's a sea of so much nonsense on Amazon. How do you get your good product out there? You know, it's like, how do you do it? Um, it's, it's not easy. And, 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 um, you know, it's sort of the opposite problem. Whereas when, you know, in the old days where you would pitch to Walmart and if you were lucky enough to get picked, you'd be on the Walmart shelf. And so there was visibility to all their customers. Here the problem is you've got the store of unlimited shelf space where anybody can list. So it's how do you how do you stick out, right? You're allowed in the store, but how do you stick out? Um, I think that's going to be a big challenge going forward. And I'm not sure where the government is going. I'm not sure where Amazon is going. Um, but I think that there's there's issues that that are raised in this whole incentivized world and chatbot world that that we have to be we have to keep a close eye on. And again, if if, if we don't like the way this is working, this is another example of where we, as a collection of sellers, if we have the lobbying voice, if we have, you know, if we have the right people who are every day knocking on Congress people's door in Washington, pushing our agenda, pushing what we want to say, we can shift it. We can change it and say, hey, look, we need the ability to be able to make our product known. We need the ability to, you know, we're not saying manipulate reviews. Obviously, that's that's not what we're trying to do. But we need the ability to launch, right? We need to know how we can do this. We want clarity, right? We want to know what is it we're allowed to do, and there has to be some way for us to do this. There has to be some way for us to, you know, organically, but you know, incentivize people to at least participate in the program, right? Participate in the checking out of our product, reviewing it, getting the word out. How do we do this? You know, uh, it's one of those issues that we could be tackling. So. Right, absolutely. And I just wanted to point out there was there was actually some brilliant speeches given at the last event that kind of showed the next generation of reviews and launches and stuff like that. And none of them had to deal with chatbots. I was blown away by that. So I look forward to some of the geniuses that are going to be speaking at the next event and the things and strategies that they come up with to combat again the whole giveaway thing and and what's going to happen in the future. Now, I know we've covered a ton of Paul, but any last words from you or anything that we kind of left 
uncovered that you'd like to say before we actually call it a day here? No, I mean, I, like I said, I can, I can go on forever about anything and then just about anything and I, at all. Um, no, I just, I think it's, um, I like what you're doing. I think, I think it's, you have an important audience and I think, um, you know, so much of your time is going to be spent teaching them how to grow and get big. I just think, you know, what our role is and what we want to do is we're trying to keep them safe, right? We're trying to keep them out of trouble. Um, but not into a way where, again, it's not in a way where you're, you're, you're unable to do business because we recognize you guys have to make money. You have to do things, but there are certain things you can do that just, you know, you got to this point in life. Now you got to sort of protect yourself, right? You've got to do the right things and just, you know, which, which is again, being in the know. So it's, it's, it's having the knowledge that you need to know being, you know, understanding the risk and exposure, taking the appropriate action, and then finally, like I said, again, working together, we've got to understand that there's this, we have to support this effort to work together on those certain issues that we all have an interest in. So um, that, that's, that's the key. So I don't, you know, I think that's just the, the, the important message that, that, that I, we want to get out there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, um, it, it, now is the time. It's a very exciting time. So I'm just really excited about that message. I want to see more sellers working together and banding together. And, um, you know, as part of my merge, you know, we're looking for that leadership. We're open to the leadership. We have a board. We want more people on the board. We want more people to serve, to be leaders or, and, and help drive, you know, where does, where do we, what issues do we take on as an organization? Um, and how do we do that? And uh, so, you know, it's, it's really an open invitation to, to, everyone to to get involved in in the effort to make the overall marketplace better for everybody so absolutely and and great stuff like i said paul amazing information that you gave i was frantically taking notes i know i even took notes on a couple spots where howie was kind of like i hope you talk about this so i will have to remind him about that but as uh people have become aware we are going to be having our second ever online professors pandemic event going to be the 9th and 10th of November. Again, you can attend live virtually. Like I tell everybody, it doesn't matter what you have on underneath. You can be in your underwear. You can be in all sorts of whatever you want, your lingerie if you want to, <laughs> as long as you can, are fully clothed. How'd you know? <laughs> It's usually right. every internet marketer's dream, right? To be able to work in their underwear at their computer. We don't need to know. You can keep that a secret. But the real secrets will be flowing out of the actual speakers that are going to be talking at that event. As I said before, on the previous one, I learned all sorts of incredible techniques like how to rank without chatbots, how to rank brilliantly uh, $50 million seller actually revealed this by the name of Travis Killian, who will be on again. He's got an encore. People wanted him on again. So you will get to hear his latest and his most brightest ideas. And you will also get to hear the man, the myth, the legend, Howie. Howie, how excited are you about this event? Before I give people the, the URL here, tell me on a scale of one to 10, how pumped you are and how you've been behind the scenes working on what you're going to speak about. It's still under wraps, but we will reveal it very soon. How, how pumped are you, Howie? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I always want to make it on all my events. I want the people that come in to get a lot of value. What's the point if you're like coming to an event and or like listening to uh, people say and if you can't take away from it? So we want to make sure that uh, like Paul and his partner and other people on the, uh, the speaker list that they will give us as uh, our, our people, our members, uh, a lot of value. So um, the last time we had like really crazy stuff, like what to do, how to refresh your, your uh, honeymoon period, uh, all these three, three things that uh, what, what to do when, when uh, your uh, listing is, um, is, is down. Uh, all these, um, I think it was like bad keywords to not put on your listing, the whole set. I think that was like given out to like uh, to our um, members too. Um, what was that? There was like so many, so many good stuff. I think there was like uh, some URL, special URLs that Anthony was talking about. And um, yeah, like uh, I talked about a lot of uh, how do you rank without doing giveaways. So, you know, things like that. Like this, this time around, we're going to try to make even more valuable and more, uh, more uh, informational. So um, that's, uh, that's what I would say that uh, I can think of right now to say. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I want to say this much, uh, how you were wrong about one thing. It was how to put bad keywords in your listing. Uh -huh. so 
gentleman revealed how to actually put whatever keyword you want in the back end of your listing and get away with it. So it's brilliant little hacks like that that might not work for an extended period of time, but there were also several brilliant strategies that have worked and stood through the test of time on Amazon. And as Paul mentioned, things are constantly changing on Amazon. So I really look forward to what Paul and Jeff will be speaking about at that event. And in order to sign up and find out more information about that event, go to howardtie.com forward slash PPE2. And that's because it's the second ever online pandemic event. So I'm fired up. For those of you that did not get that URL again, it's howardtie.com forward slash PPE2. And that's just the number two, not spelled out, but just two. And uh, that's pretty much a wrap for this one. I know we covered a ton of information. I know if you were like me, you were taking notes fast and furious. And other than that, Howie, how excited are you for the second season of the podcast? And after that, we'll let everybody get to breakfast, lunch, dinner, wherever you are in the world. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm totally excited to have the next uh, event. I know I, um, I kind of stopped the podcast a little bit uh, for like a break and then I'm bringing it back out right now for this coming event, but we'll try to make it, uh, you know, continuously and make sure that we give as much value as possible to our audience as, um, as well, uh, really. Uh, oh yeah. There, there's, um, we're going to give you a glimpse at like, there's, uh, on the ne next speaker, um, one of the speakers actually, uh, they're a three person team that makes $35 million in sales. So three person team. Yeah, that's amazing. And I personally know them. They've attended an actual event, so I'm psyched for that. But uh, other than that, thank you so much, Paul. Thank uh, Jeff for us, for being here in spirit. We knew that his knowledge and information is somewhat passed on through you, as well as your incredible knowledge and information and area of expertise. And Howie, thank you for hosting this actual podcast. Uh, finally, let me leave off with the URL again. It's howardtie.com forward slash PPE2. And that's a wrap. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next podcast and I'm pumped for this season. So without further ado, let's uh, let you guys get on to breakfast, lunch, and or dinner or drinks. Or if you're like me living in Miami, you might be having drinks for breakfast. So signing off here. I'll see you guys very soon. Take care. Thank Bye. you. Take care. Welcome to the Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon.